In today's bonus episode, join us as real estate heavyweights have a chance to go some extra rounds into this week's topic. Hey everyone, I'm here with John McLeod. Hey John. Hey, how's it going? Super. And from what I like to call Southern Cincinnati, which is <laughs> <laughs> Naples in Fort Myers, Florida. And he works with KW out there. But um, John, we were talking about do you feel like you can properly represent both the buyer and the seller in a dual transaction? Do I think I can properly represent both sides of a transaction? Yep. Uh, no. And I know a lot of people think that that really is possible, but in reality, you can't. You have to give up something if you're going to properly represent one side or the other. So what do you think happens then in a dual agent or in a dual agency? Who who are you representing or what could what interferes with you not being able to do both? It's crazy. I've been doing this a long time. Probably a lot of your viewers were still in diapers or not even born at that point. <laughs> uh, back in the days where we had MLS books, if you remember that. I don't and, remember, but I heard. Uh yes, yeah, the rumors. And and they were a lot thicker than this silly thing. So oh, yeah. anyhow. Here's the challenge with, with dual agency. And, you know, back in the day, it kind of evolved where it was seller agency only. I was I started in the industry in 91 up in Massachusetts, seller agency only. There was no such thing as buyer agency. Oh. Uh, it was, in fact, at that point, it was caveat emptor, buyer beware. It progressed through. I was one of the first accredited buyer's agents in Massachusetts back in, I want to say, 93 or 94, when nobody even knew what the initials ABR stood for. So we've seen, and this all came from, uh, I guess it was Medina, was the, up in Wisconsin was the, the big agency issue okay. that created the need or the, uh, the desire to, to add a second level of, of representation. What did you guys, what did you charge um, to represent a seller? To represent a seller or represent a buyer? A seller. A seller, you know, it's uh, my commission rates vary depending on the seller's motivation. Okay. I'm going to totally sound like I'm taking a script out of Aaron Wittenstein on you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of am. Yeah. Uh, but I've I've charged anywhere from four to ten percent. I um, mean, in the night, like in the '90s when it was only seller agency. Uh, that was it. Was typically six percent up in New England. Okay. When I was up there. And so it, at that it time, was different than it is now. Okay, so how did the buyers get in to the, see the property? We would open the property, just like anything else, we would open the property, show the property. However, we had a disclosure notice that had to be signed before any threshold was crossed, with the exception of an open house, that said, I represent the seller. Don't tell me anything you wouldn't tell the seller directly. Got That's it. That's essentially what it said. Interesting. Okay. So then they so, would, you would help write the offer and everything like that, but you were doing, doing it on behalf of the seller. Absolutely, yep. Got it. Yep. So from your point of view, then in a dual agency, you're really representing the seller? No, no. no there's, it, this is why dual agency is a concern of a lot of people because you really can't represent both sides. It okay. sounds like a great idea, okay? Mm -hmm. It really does. And, you know, and I know I prepared you for this, but I'm going to drop it anyway. It. You know, dual agency is is kind of like having an open relationship. It sounds great until it isn't. 
you know, think about it. It's like a big can of worms. We're going to keep it shut. (laughs) Exactly. You know, we'll just leave that there. Leave it to the imagination of everybody watching. Exactly. Um, So that, but if you've got information about a buyer who's Mm -hmm. your client that would let somebody know they'd be willing to pay more for a property that's offered. And at the same time, you have information about that seller that says they would be willing to sell the property for less than what they're asking. Mm-hmm. And those numbers don't jive. But let's say that the buyer would pay a lot more than the seller is willing to take. Okay. Who do you side with? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, you know, you don't really, in a dual agency though, I think in most cases is you're not taking sides. You're more of like a, I think in some areas it's even called something different, like a transaction. Yeah. It, well, that's why Florida has transactional transactional brokerage. Oh, okay. It's a limited representation. Mm-hmm. Dual agency by nature can't exist because if you are forced, you are forced to make a decision at one point mm-hmm. for one party or the other, and mm-hmm. you can't have a hundred percent, a true hundred percent agency relationship with both sides. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate the invites. Good seeing you again. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Ron Mazier. Hi, Ron. Hi. And he is from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Which company are you with, Ron? Uh, Mazier Realty. I'm the broker. Oh, nice. Awesome. So this is a great question then for you. Do you feel that you can properly represent the seller and the buyer um, in the same transaction as a dual agent? Oh, absolutely. Great. Can you like... Why do you think that? It's I think if you have the experience and the track record for treating buyers a certain way and treating sellers a certain way, it's a lot of the same thing. I think a lot of people get hung up on trying to pick sides, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the world we live in right now politically, unfortunately. But you don't have to pick a side. If you, I guess, purportedly, you probably have the seller first, and you have a listing agreement with that seller, and you, you give them the advice. You give them the CMA. You tell them how you price the house. You tell them what you're going to do, how you're going to market the house. And, and I even discussed dual agency with them at the time and say, look, there may be a chance I find the buyer myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the power, power of the MLS is that we do cooperative agreements, who knows, 80 to 90% of the time. But if the buyer calls me because my sign's outside and says, hey, Ron, I want you to show me this house, what am I going to do? Tell them no? Right. So, of course, I show them the house. And then the buyer says, hey, you, know, what's, uh, you know, how to get qualified and all the steps you go through with a buyer. After that, the, the buyer always says, what's the lowest the seller will take? And I don't answer that either way, whether the buyer asks me or whether it's a buyer's agent who asks me. Right. I know some, a lot of people ask sellers, what's your motivation? I mean, it's good to know your seller's motivation, but I don't like to ask what's the lowest the seller will take anyway. I don't like to have that information in my head because my objective is to get them the market price. Right. And if I think, but they don't I feel like if I ever what they will take. It really depends on the offer. And there's so many other things inside the offer that could change. Exactly. And the way, and the way I tell buyers is, Hey, let's, let me show you exact data in my market. Uh, if you see a list price on average, people come down, who knows, three to 5%. Mm-hmm. Every year I'll sit down, look at all the data and I'll show them, look, this is the average people come down. Right. And if they ask me, is it negotiable? And I'll tell them the joke. Yeah. Everything's negotiable except my commission. I got that from my my first real estate teacher. Nice. Um, Yeah, everything's negotiable. That's the reality of it. I don't know the lowest the seller will take. I'm not going to disclose why they're moving. Here's a house. Let me show you the CMA. Let me show you comparables also. 
so that you are informed about how much you can pay for this house. I'm not going to tell you secrets. And right. in fact, I'm in Louisiana. It's, it's legal in Louisiana, uh, obviously. And uh, we have a, a dual agency disclosure mm-hmm. that discusses the things that we can do and things we can't do. And basically, we can't tell the seller the most the buyer will pay, and we can't tell the buyer the least the seller will take. Well, we don't really know because we don't control it. I think yeah, a lot of the feedback that we were getting or a lot of the comments, people were saying that they just didn't feel like you could accurate, accurately like represent the parties. Do you, but you don't, you don't agree? I, I don't agree. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, um, you know, you're representing someone. Um, it's not quite as adversarial. As, as a lawsuit, in which I think people kind of compare us uh, realtors and real estate agents and brokers to lawyers, but we're not. We're, we're basically there for the same objective. Sure, the buyer wants to pay less and wants to save money and the, and the seller wants to walk away with the most money. Yeah. But there's a reality about where, you know, where prices lie. Yeah. Regardless of the way people want. I mean, it's, you know, everybody wants more money. Some people want to save more money. That's true. And there are other factors too, like time or, you know, maybe that street is like the street that their best friend lives on. And so they don't, I mean, yeah, it's not always price either, but do you, have you ever like reduced your commission or done something different with your commission as a result of dual agency? I, after, after it's negotiated, I consider it because there are some ethical issues with having the buyer and telling the seller, hey, if you accept my buyer's offer, I'll lower the commission. Mm-hmm. And because now you're just freezing out other buyers. If they have a multiple uh, multiple offer situation, right? Um, you know, you don't want to give the advantage to your buyer because I'm going to cut the commission. Right. And in fact, you know, it's unethical. And in our, uh, in our MLS, there's rules against variable rate commissions and sliding scales like that without disclosing it to other buyer's agents. If I were to, let's say, offer the seller a discount, I'd really have to go back to the other buyer's agents and say, look, I'm, you know, you guys have to cut your commission too. If I'm as the buyer's agent, I'm cutting mine. Right. So um, yeah, for fairness, I don't, I mean, obviously you get closer to the closing and then the seller is like, Hey, you know, you're making all this money and I, and I'm broke and I just, you know, I, I can't even sell the house. You know, there's, right. there's situations on a case by case basis. I don't have a blanket uniform. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go to the seller and say, "Hey, if, you know, if I'm the dual agent, I'm cutting, you know, one percent off." I don't. I don't do that. Using it as a sales tactic. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know a lot of, um, I know a lot of agents that do that to try to like get the listing, but then it's you know the listing expires often because it's like, well, they already told you they weren't gonna work, <laughs> then mm-hmm. you know by cutting their paycheck. So exactly. I don't know. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts. Thank you. Oh, great. Okay. Sure. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling, Jen. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Tiffany Ford. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. And she is in Winchester, Virginia. And we were talking about dual agency. So mm-hmm. do you? what are your thoughts on dual agency, Tiffany? So the rule in Virginia is if you do dual agency, you can't give advice to anyone. You can present them only with the facts. And if I have a listing agreement signed with a seller, I think that's a disservice to them. Hmm. They're paying for my advice as a professional. And if, you know, I don't see why to benefit a buyer, I should adjust that to where I can't give them my professional advice. So what do you do? 
So my preference is to do um, unrepresented buyer um, in the cases where the buyer insists on not on working with the listing agent, which sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. And there's a disclosure that we fill out that essentially says, I represent the seller. I don't represent you. I'll still deal with you fairly and honestly, but I can't give you professional advice. So then in that case, because in that case, the agreed upon commission that was originally split between you and the buyer's agent, do you then only get the listing agent side or do you get both? The way our listing agreement is written, it's it can all come to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you ever negotiate that based on having like the unrepresented seller or yeah? Um, I have, I, I do what's in my seller's best interest. So if the numbers make sense to work with that buyer and, yeah. and there needs to be an adjustment made, then I have done that. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for your opinion. Always yeah. appreciated. <laughs> my pleasure. It's always fun to be on. Have a good day. Hey everyone. I'm here with Kate Bridgman. Hey Kate. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Good. And um, Kate services Cincinnati, Ohio, and she works for Comey and Shepard. Now, I uh, we were having a great conversation about dual agency. So, Kate, what do you think about properly being able to represent both the buyer and the seller in a dual agency situation? You know, I am a proven agent with a lot of experience, so I am not insecure about my abilities to properly do dual agency. Mm-hmm. However, when it comes to doing it, it's entirely up to my client. Right. So if I get into the situation where I have a listing and one of my buyers wants to see the listing before we look at it, I sit them down and tell them and explain to them exactly what dual agency means. And essentially it turns me just into a messenger. Right. So it's one of those things that you have to know the comfort level of your client Mm -hmm. in order for this to go smoothly and give the appearance of fairness to everyone involved because ever had a situation where you've been kind of that, you know, that messenger and the dual, we call it dual agency. Some other places I think are calling it like transaction. I forget what they call it, but um, have you ever like everybody agreed and then all of a sudden they didn't? Yes. (laughs) Um, What happened? And and well, it's usually, it's happened to me two times and it's always been during inspection negotiations and Inspection negotiations are the bane of every realtor's existence, no matter what side of the coin you are on. True. Um, it's just always trying to get a fair deal for everyone. And these days, inspections are incredibly thorough and can be pedantic. Mm-hmm. And so when you've got people who become nervous after the inspection process, when things start going in a way they don't like, they can take the frustration out on you. So that's been, right. And so it's one of those things that whether you were doing dual agency or not, it's going to be a frustrating process. It just makes it doubly hard when you are the dual agent. But I think like, that's more about like us as agents, right. Rather than, because even if you only represented one side, that's how they're going to do that anyway. Right. It's like, we then somehow feel like we'd maybe take it on a little bit more. Right. Yeah. So do you ever, I know some people were asking, 
Well, sorry, let me back up. One thing that I really like about your response is like when I asked the question, a lot of agents were really focusing on them, but mm-hmm. you focused on the client. And it's like, yeah, right. I like it. If they're good, we're good. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's and that and and that's where it all comes down. Yeah. You know, we're gonna make money no matter what. Right. We're good agents. Our income is coming in. And the one thing that you can do to really shoot yourself in the foot with these kind of situations is get greedy and make it about yourself. Yeah. And, and really that's all every situation. Like right. Not about us. It's about helping. Not about us. Right. We're, you know, we're helping these people navigate the process Mm -hmm. and we, you know, we always have to have the cooperation from our client as far as trusting the process. Right. But as far as that goes, we have to just help them navigate it. They have to call the shots, but they also have to trust the process. Yeah. So kind of when we look at our industry as a whole and it's like, you know, there should be some type of level where maybe if you're not doing a certain number of deals in a given time frame, that you either can't represent somebody on your own or like whatever, because it would be impossible to think of them of your client when that person's maybe, you know, 25% of your income because you only do four deals a year. Exactly. And if you're a new agent, it's probably not something you should be doing. You should probably have a little skin under your teeth before you start getting into these situations and maybe, you know, assist another agent who's doing dual agency, who's been experienced with it and does Mm -hmm. it often and see how they handle the situation. Yeah. I think one thing that helps when you start to get a lot of experience is that you do learn how to take yourself and your own ego out of this equation. Exactly. That's all of them too. Yeah. Yeah. And once you start doing that and you stop making everything about yourself and about your client and have that deep inner feeling that everything with me is going to be okay. Like I'm going to be okay. And you know, at the end of the day, we're all going to survive. We just have to make it through this transaction in a fair and equitable way. Right. And it's going to be just fine. Right. And so I think when you can convey that correctly to your client, then they're going to feel better about going into a dual agency situation with you. Exactly. But if they still don't feel good about it, bring in another agent. Hey. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's totally I, okay. And, you know, we do enough business that I'm like, you know, I can bring in another Comey agent or I have great people that I know at Sibsy or at Caldwell or at Remax that I could bring in, you know, if we want to bring in somebody like a few of them and you interview them and see who you're comfortable with, we can do that too. And just make it best for the client because if the client has a good experience, that's how you get referral business. (laughs) Exactly. So you can like get fixated on taking this 6% commission all for yourself for this one transaction, or you can fixate on the client experience and get several transactions as a result of that one experience. Yeah. But to your point, it's, yeah, it's just really about the client Mm -hmm. focusing on what's going to be the best for them. And then that will ultimately lead to what's best for you as a person also. You know? Exactly. You know, we are their trusted advisor. So we yeah. have to advise them and help them decide which is the right avenue for them to go down. Yeah. Hey, I always say, you know, dual agency is the best agent I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. You know, 
the agent on the other side's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> and very reasonable. Right. Super reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think like too, in a lot of the comments, the a lot of the agents were maybe like pretending that negotiations are like adversarial, but really right. anytime they have been adversarial, it's most of the time been the actual agent, not the client. And it's exactly. like, hey, the buyer wants to buy, the seller wants to sell. Like, right. let them do that. Exactly. <laughs> and we're not in the business of, you know, making other people miserable or screwing them over. It's <laughs> we should like, anyway. We are, exactly. It's like, we're in the business of helping people find homes and go through a fair pleasant and equitable transaction. Exactly. Creating an event, an adversarial, you know, energy to a transaction is just shooting yourself in the foot. It doesn't make any sense. It's no fun. You know, we are all colleagues, no matter who we work for, who we work with, we're colleagues. We're all in this together. You know, I have a saying that I always tell people, I'm like, the pig gets fat, the hog gets slaughtered. So (laughs) let's just all be pigs about this and not get on the hot side. Did you grow up on a farm, Kate? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I just read an article about um, mini mini cows. Have you? Did you oh, see that? Yeah, they're cute, aren't they? Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> okay, well, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot, Kate. Thank you, Jennifer. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed diving deeper into this week's topic with our real estate heavyweights. If you're interested in becoming a featured heavyweight, please reach out through our Toe to Toe podcast Facebook page.